welcome back to Survivor at Home, the podcast. We are here for episode 10. My name is Jordan. I'm here alongside Andrew, my co-host, and we are excited to break down episode 10 of Survivor 41. Uh, here on the podcast, we also always bring in a guest uh, who has been a Survivor at Home contestant. And today we've brought in one who's uh, competed in Survivor at Home twice, a mega fan, super fan of Survivor amongst other reality TV shows, to my knowledge. Um, ton of fun. This is going to be quite in-depth, I think, and uh, a lot of Survivor knowledge brought up today. Uh, we are excited to welcome in Kel Sherman. Kel, how's it going? Good. I'm doing so good. So happy to be here coming to you live from my new condo. Uh, I'm ready to talk about this episode. Such a good episode. So happy to be the one to break down the Shan episode. So before we get into content from this episode, Kel, uh, we like to ask ask our guests a couple of questions. And the first one is, what is your, can you give us a, a bit of the history of you and Survivor um, and just go? Yes. Okay. So I'll try to be brief, but as you said, a bit of a mega fan. So <laughs> here we go. So bit of a hipster when it comes to my fandom. Uh, I remember being about age 12 and reading in a magazine that a TV show was, was going to come out about strangers competing on an island who will slowly have to eliminate each other until one is there at the very end. I love that idea right off the bat, latched onto it. And uh, so year 2000, information was not what it is today. We did not know when TV shows were starting. There'd be a scroll scrolling bar on your TV that says, here's what's on much music. Here's what's on YTV. And so the day finally came when I saw that on CBS, there was this show, Survivor, that finally started. So I'm a season one fan, not an episode one fan. I think I started around the pre-merge, sort of when Gretchen gets voted out. Um, my family watched it together, all of season one, uh, 50 plus million Americans and Canadians watched it. Season two, my family gave up, it was just me. Um, I actually started a job and I made my father record on VCR Survivor so I could watch it after my shift. And lo and behold on season two, there is a Kel on there, which was great. <laughs> I didn't uh, know eventually, that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's the second boot, so it's very sad for me. Um, so uh, my family eventually goes without cable. So my dad says, no more cable. And so no more Survivor. But I go to the public library where I pay a dollar to read up what is happening on Survivor. <laughs> so I do that for a few seasons, eventually fall off. Um, I'm driving uh, down Winnipeg where I live. And uh, I hear on the radio that Survivor is breaking off and are breaking up their new season to tribes the, uh, on race. It was the, uh, the Cook Islands. So it was huge news at the time. So I was like, whoa, Survivor, completely forgot about that show. And so I tuned back in for Cook Islands and I've been on ever since. And let me tell you, I've been beating the Survivor. It's a good show drum for years and years and years. My friends would never believe me, but for my 31st birthday a few years ago, I hosted a Survivor game and I've been hosting them ever since. And now I am a guest on a podcast with two men that I've never met before to talk about how great the show is. <laughs> so that is my fandom in a nutshell. <laughs> wow. That is by far the best introduction we've had so far on the podcast. Sorry to everyone else who's come <laughs> before, but uh, I love it, Kel. Really cool to hear some of your story, your fandom. Uh, it sounded like the 1940s. You're like, I got to go to the library and 
study up and read these rumors <laughs> from overseas, what's happening. Uh, but really, really awesome. And, I, I, and as kind of a segue, I wanted to ask you, because your story and fandom of Survivor actually had a direct influence in Survivor at home beginning. So as I shared before, we had run a New Year's Eve Survivor event like 13 years ago with some friends back in Keswick, Ontario, where I grew up just for fun. It wasn't a big deal. And then we haven't done it since. And then two years ago, uh, our mutual friend, Rochelle, who was on the podcast and on Survivor at Home seasons one, two, and three, she said, hey, I have this friend, Kel, who is doing this Survivor game event and it sounds pretty cool. Like, would you like to hear more about it? And we got talking and it was because of that conversation. I remember distinctly, I was in, I took my kids for a walk um, and we were in like a little forest trail and they were trying to get me to look at the little teepee that they'd built. And I did not listen because I was thinking about Survivor at home, what would become the game. But I wanted to ask you then, what, what was it that inspired you in creating your game in the first place given the influence it's had on our game here well for myself i feel like i've just done so i'm 35 right now and so just over the past 15 years um i feel like you know i've moved uh from sulacan ontario to winnipeg manitoba i worked at a summer camp for 10 years i went to bible school i went to the university of manitoba um you know just different jobs i've met just fascinating people just throughout the past 15 years of my life and I love Survivor for the fact that it just brings random people from random backs of uh, random uh, uh, tracks of life together and just throws them all together in a season and you see what happens. And so I thought a lot of my friends aren't really connected. I'm sort of the common denominator here. So Rochelle Martin, had, and she knows a few of my friends loosely. Um, Lynette also played in another season that I ran. She knows loosely a few people. And so there's been a few loose connections, but largely it's people who are just disconnected and have vaguely heard each other and who I think are the most fascinating people. And so I just wanted to run a season of Survivor for my birthday. And so for the one that Rochelle played in, it was because people just love the concept so much and want to keep doing it. <laughs> so, so that's really what it was. I feel like I just know such great people and I love Survivor. Amazing. It was just and, a, like a, a natural fit for me to try to do. And so, there wasn't there wasn't someone that inspired you that got, it prompted you to do it, like similar to how you did me, or were you did you really come up with the idea on your own? Well, I mean, there are online reality games like that is that is a thing in itself. Um, but for I wanted to do it for my thirtieth birthday, but I was just a bit too scared, and so I I wish I could remember like what kicked off the idea for me to do it. And so I don't want to say that I'm, you know, the first person to bring around and group people together to play Survivor, Survivor, but um, it's just something that I was really passionate about sharing with my friends. And <laughs> I have so Facebook memories. I have I have one that comes up every year that says Survivor starts the night at seven o'clock. It'd be really refreshing to have someone to talk about it with. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> no one took the bait, but um but yeah to answer your question i i don't know what inspired me necessarily but it's just the love of my friends and the love of the show so that's fantastic and now one thing i don't know if this has already been said but when even when rochelle told me about it i was like oh that's cool like is it a uh one or two night thing and she's like no they do it for like 38 days on ongoing and i was like Are yeah. you, what did you just say uh can you explain that a little bit and how anyone in the world Ooh. would ever commit to playing a 
eight yeah. days. Is that right? 38 yeah. days? So I've run, I've run um, five seasons, two in person, which takes, uh, takes place over a day in person. And then I was going to do a third season, but then as the pandemic hit, um, you know, I had to just shut that idea down. And so I did an online version. And so I should say the online version, I did take inspiration from my friend who did an, another online version as well. So you, he, he did it with his group of friends. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do this with my group of friends. <laughs> and so um, I did do that one with 27 people, which was wild. And we did that over the course of 39 days. Um, and so I tried to stay true to the formula of having every three days, but just, you know, with 27 people, you have to up the ante. And so the following two seasons, seasons four and five, were respectively, oh, 50 days. And then I think like 54 days. So they were brutally long. I don't know if the word respectfully goes before 50 to 58 days of, <laughs> of playing an online game. Wow. Man. Let me like, let me tell you. So I know back in season two, when Jordan betrays Vicky and how just sore she was from that. Now imagine that on day sort of like 42. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I still have some friends who are just butt hurt with each other about oh yeah decisions that are made in the game over you, you know it, it, it's fun it, it brings people together but it also you know there are some people who are just still a bit salty over some things but can you so as the host of your um survivor game can you name one moment of a, like a betrayal or blindside that stands out and give a little synopsis of that moment too well, so I guess in the season that Lynette played in, so Lynette, who is this, uh, the winner of Survivor at Home Season 3, she did play in my very first in-person one, which took place over nine hours on my birthday. Um, my two cousins, uh, Amanda and Natasha, were in an alliance with one of my best friends, uh, Robert Kilmartin and uh, Joshua Taylor. And uh, so there was a tribe swap. Uh, Tasha uh, was with Rob and Josh and they met up with uh, the Minority Alliance and so Rob and Josh decided to uh, take I guess take the game into their own hands and joined with the Minority Alliance and voted out my cousin Natasha. Now this sounds like a very small move but by the nature of sort of what we're doing here this betrayal spanned three more seasons of just vitriol between Tasha and Robert. <laughs> That's amazing. And further, so the two people that they aligned with made it to the end. So because they sort of ate inwards in, in their alliance, they gave the minority alliance footing and made it to the end. And one of the, those two people eventually did win the season. So... I, you know, if I could just shake Rob and Josh and be like, why would you do that? Why would you vote out your alliance? This is so pre-merge, you know, like stay true, stay true. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I would say that's, that's definitely a big one. Awesome. And I mean, as we'll see tonight, as we debrief the episode, betraying your alliance, even those closest to you, there does come a time, there's a time <sighs> for everything. And yeah. being the first to pull that trigger, I'm really excited to break that down. Really cool to hear Kel about your game and, and what you've done. And we're going to give you time at the end just to make a little plug for that. So yep. please remind me if I forget. Um, but uh, 
just awesome. And thank you for your influence in, in helping see this get started. And thank you for playing in the last two seasons. Actually, one more story real quick. Season three of Survivor at Home, we had everything ready to go. It is a ton of work to put these weekends together, these events, as you know from yours as well. The morning of the Friday morning, I can remember it was like a rainy jury morning. I wake up at 7 a.m. and I get a text message from a, two people, a couple who were both going to play individually. And they had to cancel because of kind of some personal things that had come up. Um, and obviously, I understood that. And that's, that's not a problem. But then I was scrambling. I'm like, we need to find people. We need to find someone to fill in these two spots. It's totally ready to go for these two people. And I'm, and I'm playing this around. It was the most stressful day of all time. But then and I put the word out to everyone. I'm like, does anyone know someone crazy enough to sign up for two nights, 7 p.m. to 2 a.m.? It's insane. You will never like play a game like this again. Please sign up. Jordan's sister, Jordan here, your sister, yep. she uh, signed up. You, you spoke to her and got her on board. Brooke, shared with the Brooke, who I hope will play again because she was a fantastic contestant, especially for coming in last minute. Um, but then at like... I want to say three o'clock in the afternoon. So we're still down one. I get this message from Kel Sherman saying, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> and I text back. I'm like, wait, are you sure? Like you can definitely play, you know, it's two nights and like, you got to get all this stuff ready and there's nothing for like an hour and a half. And I'm, I'm like, what is he doing? Is he not texting um, uh, like other friends too? Like, do you guys know is, is Kel like, here like he's totally ghosted me after this one text and i guess you were in the middle of some training session yeah. that you couldn't sneak out of although i wish you had your priorities straight to <laughs> and and then at like five o'clock you're like yeah no i'm in I'm, i can do it um and and you know the rest is history but you you fulfilled that last and final spot and joined in what was another just incredible season but and andrew uh, i gotta say every time you text me it's some big question where i just have to like think about it it's, like, do you want to play survivor do you want to be on the podcast you know? <laughs> 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 yeah. but yeah i was in training and the trainer was kind of like don't look at your phones i will know this if you're looking at your phones and so i did get a text from separately lynette and rochelle just saying hey there's a spot open and so I, it was already in the back of my mind. And you had texted me previously, like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so I just said yes. And then you blew up my phone. You were calling. You were texting. Like, I am sorry, Andrew. I can't, I can't look at my phone. The next step was to find which course you're in and to, to have it interrupted. Yeah. Uh, that's how significant this was. <laughs> um, but anyway, so glad that you could play. And um, just awesome again to have you on tonight. And, and Jordan, maybe I'll steal your question because I know it's one you always ask too. We do want to ask. Just, just briefly, like, what's one strategy you've learned as a contestant and as a host of these games? Well, one strategy for sure when it comes to Survivor at home is that going with going in with a strategy is for has been for me just a bad idea. So season one, I noticed that the YouTube views there were some people who had like four or five YouTube views, and then people who had like twenty plus. And so I tried to I was like, okay, these people have are like the least popular in terms of YouTube views. I don't work with these people. And it just did not work out that way as, you know, I wanted to work out with, oh, I can't remember their names. Um, and I, I also wanted to work with a couple. Like I know there was two couples that were supposed to play, only one couple did, Josh and Maria. I wanted to work with Josh and Maria, but there was just no moment for me to sort of express that. Season two, I went in knowing that I was gonna be probably a target being last minute. And so I wanted to work with Brooke. And so, of course, Brooke goes out early because um, she's the other one who was sort of a, a last-minute addition. 
Mm-hmm. And then by the time this she is gained, season three, right? Season three. So yeah, the second yeah. season that I played. Yeah. So Brooke and I were sort of last minute additions to the season. I really wanted to work with Brooke, but there was just no moment. We were on different tribes. And then of course, by the time uh, she comes back into the game, uh, she's sort of kind of with the, uh, the new players who were very much against the, the returnees. So going in with a plan, like good luck trying to fulfill it. I think you kind of just got to see what happens in front of you and go from there. So, and then, so just being a new person to further on with the strategy is Michaela in season two, uh, she was very much uh, like a team cheerleader, you know, calling you out, Andrew, if she felt something was not fair. And so I sort of took a page from her book in season three and I was like, okay, Kel, you really have to make a name for yourself and be sort of like a cheerleader for your tribe. And so when I felt st- something was not being fair on my tribe, I tried to call you out as much as I could and just sort of pump up my tribe. And I don't know if that helped me or not, but I would say if you're feeling like you're in a hard place going into the season, just try and be a cheerleader for your tribe and just try and make yourself known in a positive way. The squeaky so. wheel gets the grease, as yeah, they say in the 1940s. So uh, we'll keep with that theme. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good stuff, man. It was great. And uh, speaking of Michaela, her and Adam are going to be guests on the podcast, I think either next week or the week after still just finalizing. So excited nice. to have them on as well. But Jordan, why don't you start us off with the episode tonight, which was itself an incredible, probably one of the best of the oh, season man. so far. Another oh, another fantastic episode. They've Survivor has done a, a great job at creating their 41st season. Um Every episode always starts with back at tribal the night after, which oftentimes we've seen is a bit of fireworks. Um, but more this time around, the there was a bit of an, like the the one group was impressed that a group was able to get out Nasir. There wasn't anyone too upset by anyone who got voted out. Um, a, a little bit of impressed. They got Nasir out without playing an idol. And then Evie's gone. No one's really shocked that Evie's gone. Um, they all like Evie, but she was... She was a target for a couple of tribals. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was her line last episode about um, she had a line? Yeah, like I've I've stared it in the in the face, survivor death in the face, and it's kind of my second second life, right? So she knew she was playing with house money is what she was getting at. Exactly, exactly. Her time and and she was, yeah, Yeah, and and her time her time finally came. And part of that being is that Xander had threatened to play an idol for her. I wonder if there was ever any plan where he'd actually play an idol for her because um, I don't know if it was worth it for him for him to do that. And he decided not to do it. And and Evie went out um, and that's the way it goes. So the biggest thing now is moving forward. Deshaun wants to throw Shan's name out. Um, and everyone is just kind of, they plant the seeds of, People are going to have to start knocking each other out a little bit is, is the seeds that are planted here. But was there anything big that you guys pulled from that, uh, um, from the back at tribal or back at, back at camp right after tribal? Uh, well, I, I mean, it really just set up, set up the episode, right? The Shan versus Deshaun um, storyline. And honestly, I was not buying it. I thought it was all a red herring. I was completely believing in this alliance of four. Um, so I just, I thought they were just trying to lead us astray. Um, I, yeah. So that was my, my initial takeaway. Yeah. I wrote the same thing down funny enough in my notes, just that the, the storyline of Shan and Deshaun, this might be something we see in this episode, but you're right, Cal. Usually the way the production does it is they do throw out these, 
ideas that get you thinking one thing and then that's not really what plays out but it actually was really one of the, the key aspects of this entire episode uh, really cool to see uh, you know some of the different conversations coming back and funny that Xander again is not he didn't get a lot of airtime actually at all this this episode but just he must have just been like okay like I wonder what's gonna I wonder what's gonna happen again this episode and as we'll see he was uh, safe too but definitely um definitely enjoyed some of that conversation right out right out of the gate yeah and then we also see a really interesting moment as well where Deshaun and Shan talk about real world stuff outside of the game uh with each other where um Deshaun talks about being in in heavy student debt which uh, is definitely a reality for millions and millions of people um especially in North America where he's in in huge student debt and they kind of, and then Shan talks about living uh, without a home not long before she goes on on the island, I think within a couple of years mm-hmm. um, before she heads out to Survivor. And just talking about the balance of we've got to work together. And they talk about the culture and doing this for the culture and, and making a, um, a name for themselves. But then also part of Survivor is I'm out here to win it for me mm-hmm. um, and and go home with that go home with that money and they they have to weigh that kind of against each other um and it's just a really cool moment of like you realize the conundrum that is survivor and is reality tv in general of everyone's out there you got to work together but at the end of the day you've got to do what's best for you and that's another storyline that plays out where everyone wants to do something but they all want to do it a different way to get there um, is a storyline that also plays out in this episode. And so, um, yeah, just a really cool, cool things to see. They move into the reward challenge and finally reward challenge where one singular winner so that you've got the social politics of picking people um, that happens, which we haven't seen yet this season. And I, I think that's a really cool. Um, there was actually a line said today, I watched the episode with some family members. And um, as soon as the Jeff said the reward, someone goes, what's the twist? And I said that they have to pick who goes with them or more mm. importantly, pick who doesn't go with them on the, on the reward was a bit of a, a twist that we haven't seen in a while in survivor. And uh, um, I really appreciate that. Cause there's, there's stakes just cause you win. There's, there's stuff against you for it. I, um, I really, I really like challenges, especially. So of course we see the winner Ricard pick who comes with them, but I really like challenges where you sort of, a team leader is maybe randomly picked and then you sort of schoolyard pick the rest of your team. I think having sort of social, any sort of social dynamic like that only adds like fire, fire to this already very brittle game. Right. So I, I did really appreciate that as well as being part of the, at the end there. Yeah. I remember one season, there was something along the lines of they went into an immunity challenge or reward. I think it was probably a reward challenge but everyone had to rank all the other players in the game. And then they get put on pedestals or something to show how everyone ranked them. And, and you just saw who thought who was doing well, who thought who wasn't doing well. And it changes the whole dynamic of the game. Sounds like Mike oh. Babcock. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maple Leafs reference there. Sorry. Yes. Too soon. Yeah. Too, too soon is right. Um, or the challenges that often happen where you, had to answer a question right and then had a machete and each person had three ropes and if the 
if the rope got cut three times, they were out of the I remember challenge. that one, yeah. Um, and those are always interesting social dynamic challenges, just as you were saying, Cal. Anything to really throw off the social dynamic or reaffirm what the dynamic is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because in that one, they had to pick whose rope to cut, right? If you got a question yes. right, you would get a chop and there's some strategy and like, okay, this is showing, again, you think you know who you're with until you're forced to to see it happen. That's why, and even just in planning for this next survivor at home event uh, season four there's a real there's a couple of those things already where i'm thinking through this is going to force people to show their cards probably a lot earlier than they would want to show their cards and oh andrew uh, (laughs) my season i wanted to be a closet survivor fan but no you pitted me against jordan and jordan came out on top i will say no i did not Uh, i lost that challenge no season season two you you won that challenge season three i did beat you Oh yeah, I got I I got voted out because I lost that challenge in season yeah. three. I know that. Um, yeah, I I remember. I forget exactly what it was, but I think it was had some survivor related something. And you had yeah. done sort of this the pre title or the uh, secondary title, and I was just going through all of the titles. And I could just see your face fall. It's like, oh, he's gonna get it. <laughs> so yeah, you guys, so, your guys's trivia oh, knowledge. I, uh, I remember what it was. was impressive. It was, I actually, I can't believe I remember this, but I remember this. It was the title of season two and the title of season 39. Or the winner, the winner of season two and the winner of season 39, I think was the the question. And I, I knew it and I looked over and I saw that you didn't know it. I was like, this is, this is good. I like this. Do you guys know, that, um, do you know who it is now? Can you uh, still Tommy yes. Sheehan. So I, I forgot Tommy yeah. Sheehan was the winner of season 39. I think that's a season. Was it Nick? Was it Nick the winner of 39? No, no, Nick won season thirty-six. I want to say uh, David versus David, Goliath. David versus okay, yeah, Here that's we the go. last time you guys can uh, question <laughs> my or or make me look bad on this podcast. Um, but yeah, and then season two, of course. All right, well, just uh, just to you know, one of everyone's uh, survivor knowledge here. If you go all the way back to season four, uh, where they do have a challenge where it's about social politicking and picking who does what. Uh, the dominant alliance does pick themselves in one of these challenges. And the Sepia Towery, who eventually goes on to win, um, you know, she she's taking note. Okay, these are the people who are in charge. These are the people who are picking who they want. Um, and then she presents this information to uh, the other side, and they wipe out that alliance. And so it was really interesting to bring it back to this season with Ricard when he's picking like Heather. I'm like, why why are you picking Heather? And so of course we get the the clip of uh, Danny saying, okay, well, Ricard has to go because Ricard is playing to the jury. I'm like, oh, duh, okay, <laughs> he's trying to butter up the jury. So um, with that one, I understood, but I think his reasoning behind bringing Xander was solid. I feel like that was that was good. And, mm-hmm. and even Shan, right? So like poor Shan was crying about the, uh, the grilled cheese. <laughs> the, the biggest way, I think, the best way to play it, in my opinion, is to reason... Un, under the premise that people haven't been on rewards because that mm-hmm. just makes it seem the most fair as soon as you start talking about oh i'm close with this person or you try to give any anything else that's that's trivial people want to see right through that remember sarah gave up her uh reward because it was someone else's birthday um in winners at war and that and and that almost got her in a bit of trouble um but just throwing out the this person hasn't been on rewards so we're going to take them this person has been on reward i'm going to take them it's probably the easiest way to skate through it. 
Hmm. Um, yeah, because yeah. that's well said. They because they didn't even skip a beat, or Ricard didn't skip a beat in naming them. Usually, they would think through it and say, "Oh man, this is tough. I don't know." And yeah, he just right away used that as his basis for for deciding. And I agree with you. That's actually a very good strategy. I'm I'm always keeping track of little things that I will add to my plan. Although as Kel says, you probably get there. None of that works anyways. But <laughs> seems like a reasonable uh, thing to do for sure. And I will say that this was definitely probably the truly the best word of the season. I mean, you're talking about grilled cheese as a word. I mean, so sad. I mean, even the pizza, I feel like the reaction to, to the pizza was like a bit lukewarm, you know, really the bed was, was the winner here. The but sleep. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like this season's uh, reward challenges are a bit lacking. <laughs> I would be, I would be a bit disappointed. And what stew I think was the one for from last episode, right? They were so excited about that stew, though. Well, I guess when you're eating, <laughs> no, I don't a think stew. Even the rice. Don't make me go on a whole rant about what food is good again. Like the last few podcasts. Grill, yeah, we're not going back <laughs> to the grilled, grilled cheese, cheese conversation. I did make that. a grilled cheese the next day. Stew. I mean, if you haven't had if you haven't had a hearty stew, and and especially being hungry or cold. And it's a hearty meat and vegetables like that's there's a reason that's been a thing since the dawn of man to have a stew because it's it's just got all the goods so My stop ripping is, on stew how does this food hit your stomach after oh. 14 plus days of not eating right oh and yeah how do you like eat a you can't eat a lot of it we've no. seen in the past people like contestants actually get sick right after reward and eating too much because they they just haven't been oh they all do i've read a enough. few like uh blogs or heard podcasts and they it's just you just know what's going to happen it's going to go right oh, through no. you you're going to get sick almost a guarantee no matter what because you just had nothing but it's just the yeah. enjoy and i'm sure you get some nutrients and then get dehydrated from throwing up or yeah. being on the oh, toilet yeah. but they don't ever show that like that toll they just came you know are able to push through and enjoy it so the highlights of the highlights. That's right. And then, so as they're enjoying the reward, enjoying their pizza, getting their good night's sleep, the episode starts to pick up because we see back at camp, Leanna, Deshaun, Erica, and Danny are the ones left out. Three of them being in a, in a major alliance with each other. Danny wants to make a move. I've talked about a lot this season, Danny being just Mr. Nice Guy, but he's out there to play and he wants to make a move and wants to take out Ricard. Um, and they don't want to tell Shan that they want to take out Ricard because of um, her relationship with him and how, how close those two are. The other interesting point I thought was when Deshaun and Danny are talking, they invite over Leanna and say, we got to take out the biggest threat in the game. And she goes, Shan? Nope. Xander? Nope. Ricard? It took her three guesses. <laughs> just to go all the way down. Yeah. And I just I just thought if I'm Leanna in that moment, don't say a name. Say, oh, who are you guys thinking? Um, because you don't want to alienate them. But um the seeds get laid in terms of okay, they're thinking about making a big move. How's this gonna set up? Um, there was also talk before that challenge when they were back at camp where Leanna spills to Shan, Shan talks to Ricard. And now Shan, Leanna, Ricard, and Xander want to vote up to Sean. And so it becomes a, this reward, this immunity challenge is going to be important for Ricard because he's on the chopping block. There's an alliance that wants to get him out. There's a counter alliance that wants to get Deshaun out. So this reward, this immunity challenge is important for him. 
it's always important for Xander because everyone should want to get Xander out at, at, on some sort of level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sets, it sets up this challenge really nicely mm-hmm. to know that there are certain people who it's important for. Mm-hmm. And can I just flag up that I think the editors have been so shady with Liana over the past few episodes. So you see her talking, as you said, to Deshaun about who the biggest threat in the game right now is. And she says, Shan. Then, of course, uh, you know, she eventually gets to Ricard. And then you flip, flip to her saying, you know what? I do want to make this move. I want to take this game into my own hands. Right after we see Danny and Deshaun sort of, you know, guiding her along. <laughs> so, well, you I- know... I took that to mean, I hear what you're saying. I took that to mean like she was presented with a big idea and it was not her idea, but as opposed to saying, no, like I'm tight with this person. She's actually there to play to say, no, I really will consider this. I'll consider making a big move, even someone that I had this significant connection with. So that's, I actually took that more as a positive. Oh, Um, I, I disagree. I think that just makes her look not like she's in charge of her own game at all. And you've even seen it previously with, with Shan. Uh, where Shan is sort of, you know, guiding her what to do. And she's having the same line of like, I want to take this game to my own hands. No, it's it's Shan's hands that you're putting your game into. Now you're putting your hands into, your game into uh, Danny and Deshaun's hands. Of course, she doesn't ultimately do it. But, you know, I just think, so I know we're looking big picture here. I do think Liana is going to be at the end. And I think she's going to be a losing finalist. I think we're seeing the story of why Liana loses. Mm. So, uh that's that's sort of how I'm putting this piece so, of the bigger Liana puzzle. So you're, what you're what you're Liana saying is, is, yeah, you're, you're getting at the point that even though she might respond well to different ideas, unless she actually makes a big move on her own, unless she's the one that initiates a conversation on her own, she wouldn't have the pitch at the end. Yeah, exactly. Like you see her trying to get Xander out in the pre pre merge, they go Vogier. You see her wanting to use her. Uh, advantage to get Xander's idol out. It doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. We're just seeing Liana sort of, I don't say bungle up, but she, like what she's trying to put out into the game is just not coming back to coming back as she wants it. So, mm-hmm. I, so what, do you, you know, what do you do then? I think I agree with that. So what do you do if you're in a position where, where you're like Liana, where you have some close alliances, but you know, you have to make some big moves. Is it just as simple as saying, okay, we're at eight. I am gonna go. Just go for it here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna betray anyone. I'm gonna. I'm gonna initiate a big move, even at my own peril, because that's how I'll have to. That's how I'll get a testimony at the end. Is that what she has to does? Has to do. I. I, I really feel for Liana, and even by extension, Xander. You see, you know, they're both twenty. They're twenty-one. I think it's gonna be hard for a jury. I think the next the next person is uh, Deshaun, who is twenty-five. And everyone else is 30 plus. Like it's gonna be a tough road for those two to get jury votes at the end, solely based on their age, in my opinion. And and what is Liana's road to a winning game? Oh, man, like I don't think it's her sitting next to Ricard, Danny, Deshaun, Xander. <laughs> yeah. You know, like her, Heather, and Erica, maybe. And I don't know if that's sort of the final three we want to see. But I, mm-hmm. but I, I'm just a bit worried for Leanna's chances at this point. Um, and yeah, by extension, Xander, who has been playing great, I would actually say. But see, my my difference on Xander is that, like, I can see people voting for him. I can see Evie voting for him. I can see um, Tiffany, who those two are already on the jury. I can see them voting for him. 
if Heather goes out, if Erica goes out, like he's wanted to try and work with them. Mm-hmm. He's got some people that can be in his back pocket. Clearly, uh, Shan has has put forward who she'll be voting for if that person makes it to the end, and, and we'll go with that, but uh, we'll go on that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, ju- I feel like he's got votes because he's kind of, those who get voted out, for the most part, he's worked with them mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and there's still people that are in the game that'll that'll respect his game or want to vote for him at the end, especially if they continue to get alienated by um, that majority alliance, who might not be a majority alliance anymore. I think uh, Xander would benefit from a final two, but I think in mm-hmm. the case of a final three, it's it's easier to vote for who you like more or who I guess you had a better connection with. And that could be Xander, but I could see a lot of votes going a lot of other ways in the final three. Whereas if he sort of advantaged and, you know, immunityed his way to the final two, it would be, it would be hard to not vote for the guy. So, so but what if you had like a um, Deshaun, Leanna, Ricard, Xander final four, um, Xander wins, puts himself in a fire, knocks out Ricard as the front runner, and then sits there against Leanna and Deshaun with all that he's done and a big move like that, like, Again, we're just, these are hypotheticals, but I, I, see, I feel like he's got enough already in his basket, in his corner. To In that specific situation, I would say he would be the Lynette of the game because that's sort of the position that Lynette was in in season three of Survivor at home where she was sort of the odd woman out, odd person out in that season. And then she basically had to win her way to the end. And, I, and Lynette, it was not a close vote. It was like, what, three, four, two, Three four three. I'm not. I'm, I forget what it was. Three four but, five. Uh, I think. Three four five. So I think yeah, Xander. That that could be a path for Xander, but I think it would be a tight vote like it was for for Lynette. So yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like Xander. I, I like Xander. He does seem to have more going for him than Leanna would. Um, but I and I hear what you're saying. I but I do think Leanna at least being willing to work maybe shows, and, and even just to think that I guess that was my point previously that some people might blindly say, no, I'm just going to go along. She's at least considering it. Can she take that to the next level? Maybe not, but we shall see. We, we shall. It'll be so interesting to see how Danny alluded to it in this episode. You got to look at who's going to be on the jury for you and who are they going to be voting for? That's a huge part. Cause as much as getting to the end is important in survivor, you can be the best person getting the end. If you don't win, you don't win. Um, and that, that's a huge part of it. So, uh, you need the people that, that you had a hand in voting out and eliminating from the game to, to work with you, mm-hmm. uh, or to vote for you at the end. The Can ch- I ask a question we- about the, uh, the, the, the time back at camp there, there's, there's actually a few yeah. emotional moments that we've seen. We saw it even earlier, as we discussed with Deshaun kind of considering, and we didn't unpack that too much, but I thought it was quite a moving moment as he's sitting there in the rain and processing a lot of these things related to race and culture and his own decisions. Pretty, pretty awesome to see that truly. And just to listen in and learn from that. And then you have, again, a similar kind of moment here where Shan and Leanna are talking and Shan um, tells, no, sorry, Leanna tells Shan uh, that this is the plan that they're going to be gunning for you guys. And actually it's Ricard, not her, but still going behind her back. And again, they're just, it's amazing the, the depth of their relationship and the depth of that experience. It reminded me, cause I, I had kind of forgotten to be honest of how significant that moment was for them. They shared talking about their moms, 
on that hike. Um, what do you guys think about that? Of just the, that emotional connection, even also game for a million dollars, just how some people are so connected by these shared experiences. I, I would say, yeah, playing survivor, whether it's survivor at home or, you know, Kel Sherman survivor or real survivor, there are experiences that bond people together. And let me tell you guys that in this last season that I ran, um, there were two girls who just felt so close and so tight in their alliance that uh, they had no, they did not know each other before the, the game started, um, but they were aligned up until, well, their alliance unfortunately did not make it to the end. But when they did meet, they got matching tattoos of wine glasses because they were the, the wine sisters or whatever they were. And so they, they clinked, you know, they clinked their tattoos together in celebration of their, their alliance. So, I mean, the bonds that you make in this intense experience that is Survivor, I think it's, it goes beyond, you know, like real life friends in a way, because you're putting your absolute trust in a person to take you as far as, you know, they can possibly, and you'll take them as far as possibly you can go. And that was so true, is so true with, with Leanna and Shan. And it was, yeah, beautiful moments to be a part of. Absolutely. And unfortunately it didn't pay off in the way that either of them wanted to, mm-hmm. but I mean, for, for people who have not played Survivor at home, like I would encourage people to just sign up because it gives you such a deeper appreciation for the show that you're watching. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't really know where I'm going with this anymore, but like, yeah, the bonds that you do make are great. That's awesome. It's the bonds of like a team building or just a life experience that you have doing something like this together, whether it's out on the show or even a, 48 hour craziness or Cal your 39 to 56 to however long it is next time um, <laughs> game. Uh, the experience of doing something like that. It's a shared experience that is really hard to explain to other people. The amount of times I've had to try to explain it to others for a multitude of reasons um, that we can list off, but um, uh, trying to explain what you went, what you go through when playing survivor at home or, I can only imagine what it's like um, out on the island of uh, where where they play in San Juan. Um, explain it that the shared the shared camaraderie of like I can pick up a conversation anytime with Cal. We've never met. We live in two cities that are hours and hours and hours apart, and yet we can sit down and chat. Survivor, Survivor at home, and by extension that a whole range of other topics because we have this one common shared experience mm-hmm. and actually times a, a bunch of other times 20 how many people how many different people have i played survivor at home with it 20 24 pe- different people i've played over the course of two seasons including people who played twice uh, and it's it's that experience it's so so much fun um yeah lynette and, and i went for of it. lynette and i went for uh lunch a few weeks ago and we talked about survivor at home 20 to 30 minutes it you know there's just so much to debrief and talk over it's 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 a lot that warms my heart that's good to hear (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure it warmed lynette's heart more than it did mine but uh, it was it was nice uh, to get some stuff out (laughs) that is really cool well i appreciate that i just have a clarifying question kel the two girls that played in your season are you saying they had matching tattoos prior or during the game itself went and got matching after after the game so they had they they did not know each other going in i put them on the same tribe uh they bonded fairly fast and uh while they did make it deep into the game uh they didn't they didn't even meet during the season because one is from ontario 
but uh but when the one from ontario did come to olympic they did get matching tattoos which i which i love like that that warms my heart you know that mm-hmm. that i see and i'm sure you experience this this as well but i see you know people who've met through my game interacting with each other on social media and promoting each other's stuff and liking each other's stuff and that's so cool to me you know mm-hmm. i really like that as a part of you know these online game experiences that we can see you know people like what they do with their lives and just you know support them in new ways and make mm-hmm. make new connections and i have probably 15 people from survivor at home on my instagram and it's just, it's just nice to see what they're up to mm-hmm. like jordan jordan and karen i feel like I'm a third person in all these engagement photos. Like I've seen it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's just really fun to see. And of course you met your wife or your, your future wife through this, right? So like, that's, that's right. awesome. Yeah. yeah. We didn't know each other at all going into season two of survivor at home. And now wild. And now that here we are. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So for those now, who stay at home, even if for no other reason, you don't want to play in this event, maybe you'll meet someone you never know. So, just another little plug for the next season, survivoratHome.com. Season four. Now, while we're on this this portion of the game, just before they go into the immunity challenge, can I play a little bit of like skeptic or devil's advocate to to that moment between Shannon and Leanna for a second? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this plays into what Kel was talking about of how did Le- look how Leanna lost this game. She let her emotions get the best of her in a moment where strategy should have taken over she had it comes down to it the game is selfish to get you got to play for you to win and one of the biggest threats was being targeted to go out and they had a straightforward plan on how to get ricard out obviously he ended up winning immunity but at this point they have a plan to go forward with that and it doesn't come across like it's a strategy decision for liana to tell shan it comes across as an emotional decision Mm -hmm. and if you play survivor with pure emotions that's how you end up in the jury. That's how you end up not winning Survivor. If it was the correct strategy decision, and Leanna can explain that it's a good strategy strategy decision for her to tell Shan in that moment and go against Danny and Deshaun, great. But it didn't come across that way. Um, and that's that's hurtful towards her game because now she's the only one who's still in the game who did not know what was about to happen mm-hmm. later on because of that decision, which then led Shan to tell Ricard and Ricard to turn, try to turn things around. Yeah. And um, that's, yeah. that's so well just... said. I mean, it gets the C a vote at the end, but um, can I ask a question? I was a bit confused in this episode when Danny and Deshaun, I believe were critical of Shan for betraying them, basically going against and telling Ricard, but it was Leanna that told Shan in the first place. Why, why are they not saying, Oh, Leanna betrayed us. Because she, they must have known the only way Shan knew was because Leanna knew. knew. Does that make sense? What do you guys think about that? It does make sense. And I think, you know, on the topic of Shan versus Deshaun and, you know, really being bonded to their culture and ultimately deciding to, you know, not being, uh, not being aligned, there's so much left on the editing room floor. I would be, I would love to see probably like, the two hour episode of the season, because I think there's just so much, so much to, to see, but I think when it really comes down to it, I think Deshaun just needed some more ammo to, you know, to get Shan out. And I think he was just spinning this to be more anti Shan than pro Liana. And I think in the back of their heads, they, they know that they want to sit with Liana in the end. Right. 
-hmm. and probably Danny has that in the back of his mind and probably even Ricard at this point. But, but I think it's just, you know, spin anything to be anti Shan. And unfortunately for Shan, you know, Leanna didn't get any of the blame for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it really sets off a um, chain reaction, right? Cause as uh, Jordan, you're alluding to too, they, from that conversation, there's another, and then there's others that come from that, but eventually ends up with that moment where Shan uh, speaks to Ricard about the plan to vote um, him at, or to target him. And he is like, and she pitches, I think, going for Deshaun next, but I think Ricard, that's where he steps back and says, let me, let me process this. Let me think about what you're saying here. Uh, I really like that moment. Like, I love that. Again, I, my little notebook of uh, things that I'll do. I always have been anxious about going on the island when I go and play on Survivor. When I would be anxious about those split-second comments when someone comes up to you and says, okay, we're doing this, or what do you think of this, or who did you do this? Just just the ability. You couldn't do it every time, but to sit, to say, hey, that's great. I just need to process that. Because the reality is some people just process better when they have time to think about it. And some people put their foot in the mouth when they try and process quickly. And some people can think on their feet and it's crazy. So I was like, that's just a neat little moment that, again, and it shows his, he knows himself. He's so in tune with who he is to say, wow, this is a lot. Let me just, let me just, I just got to think. Let me think about what you said. See, I think though, Shan knew something was up. She said, are you going to go talk to them? Are you going to go tell them? Like, what are, like, what are you, what are you doing in this moment? So I think he was able to talk, like bring her back down. Absolutely. But I think she sort of missed her gut feeling of like, okay, something is wrong here. And so during, I think it was um, during Millennials versus Gen X, where Zeke and Hannah are, are, are talking and there's a moment there in the jungle where they just realize, oh, we can't work together anymore. And it's, it's caught on TV and you can see that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that was Shan and Ricard's moment, but Shan just didn't pick up on that. So, mm -hmm. and even, you know, the moments during tribal council where Danny is making some comments about, you know, alliances and trust. And you sort of see like uh, uh, Shan's eye sort of, is that tricky editing? Is that sort of Shan? No, I agree. I thought she should have caught on when it, yeah. Danny and Deshaun were talking. Mm -hmm. And but, so I think she just missed on some pretty key moments that, you know, should have flagged up. These people are are to get you and, mm -hmm. you know, play your, play your freaking idol. <laughs> right. And cool. Just one more thing there. When Ricard says to Shan, he's like, wow, I'm surprised that you told me. Right. Again, another kind of semi-emotional. There's just a lot of emotion in this episode. And mm -hmm. um, I wish just an interesting comment there too. I wish we could have heard a little bit more of why he felt surprised. Cause I understand that he felt surprised and I could see that, but I want to know what his thought process more was on why he's surprised that she would say that. Is he surprised? Cause he wouldn't do that. And he would just want to go with the, with the flow. And, um, and if everyone wants to get someone else out, he'll go along with it. Even if he's a close Alliance member, um, or what other reasons does he have for for being surprised by what that uh, by I, that moment? What I sort of took out from that is, I think who Shan lists. She talks about Liana. Uh, she talks about um, Deshaun and Danny, and sort of those are. It, it must be so interesting to you know the black players have aligned and they've been working together for a few days now. How does that look from the other players' perspective? You know, Ricard must be sharp enough to see that, you know, there are other groups forming here. And so I just 
sort of thought that sort of like, I can't believe you sort of let this sort of deep sort of like see a secret from these, this group of people out to me, you know? Cause as we know, this sort of happened uh, early 2020. And so what I did here is that um, the, the little news that the, the castaways did get while they were in quarantine was the outcome of the, um, the George Floyd uh, trial. And so that was sort of the last thing that they learned going into the, the season. Um, and of course, you just you hear that the culture has really bonded these this group of people together. So I think, you know, this is all very top of mind, very topical for these people, right? So I, that's what I sort of took away. Is it whether that's true or not? I don't know. But that's sort of what I took away from that from that moment. And Ricard so. does acknowledge that. He says, I know that they, they have the group of them. And he said that tonight that that I'll be next at some point. So that's it's kind of the a part of the theme of this episode is the is Shan and Ricard also, in addition to Shan and Deshaun, where she, where Shan and Ricard are acknowledging. They said it was actually that was kind of cool to see. Hey, we've never actually said final two to each other, right? They know they, they they're putting that out there. That was in the air in this episode already, and so he's clearly thinking it more than she is, but. I think when that moment happened, she goes, he must have already been thinking that. And so he must have said, you know, well, I'm, I'm surprised he told me like this late in the game, we've been talking about when is the time for a big flip on each other to go after each other. And I am just surprised you would have revealed that piece of knowledge to me, as you said, Kel. And even we were talking about that as recently as last week about how, uh, who goes out first between the two of them, one of them, there's no way that both of them make it to the end. Is there? And um, it was just about who flips on on who first and um, and what they needed to do to get that done. But that's a little bit more conversation as well for pre-tribal. Challenge is another classic challenge, um, balancing a ball on a post while you're also balancing on a balance beam that's slanted. Um, pretty, it's straightforward on what needs to happen. It's not easy, but it's straightforward on what needs to happen. Leanna, Erica, Heather, Danny all drop out first. Um, Shan drops out next, which leaves the final three in the challenge is Deshaun, Ricard, and Xander, who are the three that need to win it the most, mm -hmm. right? We know that Ricard's getting targeted. Ricard knows Ricard's getting targeted. We know that Deshaun is getting targeted on that reverse counter alliance. And Xander... Xander should be targeted because um, everyone wants to get his idol out. Mm -hmm. uh, those three are left and Ricard ends up winning immunity saves himself. And they set us up for that. Would if Ricard doesn't win immunity, do we see all of this spill out before about everyone wanting to get Ricard out? I don't know if we do. They kind of set up for it. Uh, set us up for it because really from my understanding based on hearing some different castaways talk on on podcasts and in articles strategizing does not happen until minutes before they leave for tribal council and then everyone just scrambles get someone to to vote out and that's the way it goes is no, my understanding of it i don't believe that the, i mean obviously the players what they're saying is true but they're definitely strategizing they're strategizing throughout but actual who everyone wants to vote for is very much a last minute thing because if you were to set a plan in motion two hours before you leave for tribal mm -hmm. that'll get blown up quick yeah I, I think there's some truth to what jordan is saying um i think there's a lot of downtime on 39 days survivor where there's a whole day of just nothing and those days are just lying around and are very boring and i think 
you know, those are the times you want to be building your bridges and, you know, maybe looking for an idol or two or whatever the case. But I think a lot of, I think the best strategists do sort of leave uh, the, the bigger decisions uh, 15 to 20 minutes before tribal. Well, you can lock things down. You could secure those relationships that you've built and sort of point, point the direction of the, of the vote. Interesting. Cause I, so I give it a chance to be changed. That makes sense to me, but then I'm also picturing Boston Rob where he holds them hostage at the, around the fire a couple of seasons ago. And, you know, it says like, we're going to stay here and no one's going to talk to anyone for any length of time. <laughs> but he know. got voted out. He got voted out on that though. Was he out on that one? That yeah, was, that was, that was all that was winners at war. Out. Yeah. So with his, uh, in season 22, I think it was redemption Island, which is a very boring season because Boston Rob just gets a glowing edit all throughout and he does have the game on lockdown. Yeah. Like that strategy did work, but I mean, he was playing with, you know, not, not the, not the strongest of the people, but, mm. but yeah, generally I think strat this high strategy should be after the immunity challenge pre immunity challenge. Like that plan is going to get leaked. Uh, you know, your name is going to be attached to that and it's, you're not doing yourself any favors. So Andrew, when you do go out on the Island, remember that, do not be, mm. you know, <laughs> Interesting. You know, I'll add it forming, to my notes here. Forming, stra forming strategies pre. Andrew, how do you think you would do on that challenge? On these, on these uh, endurance slash physical challenges, how do you do? Oh man, we've talked about these a lot more on the mental side of things. Like what does it take mentally? I, I mean, I'm, I would do okay. I would do okay, but the problem is okay isn't good enough. So to have the mental fortitude in these challenges to hold on, I mean, I can balance stuff decently well. I can balance def decently well doing soccer my whole life, doing the warm-up stretch where you hold your one leg up and then the chicken wing and then the other one. Like, I can do that stuff. Um, but, man, like, I, I, I do know I would not look over at people because – there are some people who just have that intimidating look. And if, if I caught that, I might get my mind running of like, oh man, they're not going to stop. They're not going to drop. And that might mm -hmm. throw me off. So if, if I can get locked in, if I can get in a good groove, I don't know what I would do. Maybe it would work to talk to Jeff and tell him stories. Like, was it Christian a few years ago? And um, <laughs> maybe that would help me, but um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I don't think, I don't think I could pull too many of those off. Would you want to win an immunity challenge on Survivor? Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be the best. Imagine how freeing that would feel to just have, I mean, you guys have played Survivor at home, even these little challenges to go into a tribal on Zoom, knowing you're safe. Um, it, it, whether you have an idol or, or you've won a challenge, that would be fantastic. Or your tribe has won and you see the other tribe go off. That's the best feeling, right? So I would be, I would be proud of myself. I would, I would, I mean, if I were there, I would give it my all. I would, I would put it all on the line, but as you just said, with winners at war, like you're, you're there with 16 other people who also would be planning and strategizing and giving it their all for. See what I tell yeah. people who play in my game is that it's really not all about the challenge wins as much. Yes. The safety is great. And the feeling of being immune is great. I think what survivor really is, is a, you know, a social strategy game, right? And so what I tell the people who are playing in my games is that it's all in the relationships that you're making and it's all how you're sort of, you know, putting your best foot forward outside of the challenges. Mm -hmm. And you could get so caught up and especially in idols that you can get lost in these things, right? But like, you don't want to get lost in the wins. You don't want to get lost in the idols. You need to be, you know, 
thinking about your your social game. And so we'll see we'll see how the winner of this current season does. But but yeah, Ricard's already won twice now, right? And I think that puts a target on his back. Mm-hmm. He's won both, I guess that sort of that Ab win, or was that Evie? No, I think Evie Evie won that one. No, it was Ricard. Well, the it was Ricard, it was Ricard the who came from the came back uh and won that one. Yeah, that oh, was okay. it was close, but Ricard pulled it off. Right. And so I think Ricard's just showing himself to be a threat. And I mean, he's really who he's really the one who got this Shan Shan uh vote going. So I I think and now he has maybe I don't want to jump ahead, but he has Shan on the island or on the jury who's you know, you know, giving him props on the way out. <laughs> so I think I think Ricard's the one to watch out for. But that we could talk about later. Mm-hmm. So we get into um actually hold hold on a second. That's interesting. You're talking about you're right, it's not about the the challenge wins. I actually don't know if I'd want to win an individual reward challenge because Ricard won both challenges this episode. Oh yes. So mm. yeah, I'm thinking reward and I oh, wouldn't want to Whoa. Yeah, he did win. He did win both. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to win in that situation that Ricard won. And if I don't get reward, I don't get reward. But the politics of having to pick someone, it's easier just to lose. Yes. Um, so on the immunity, note, when you're on the island, do not win reward challenges. You want to win immunity. Yes. Don't win individual reward. If you're on a team where your team's already been picked, go win that reward. It's always better to get reward than not. But, yes. uh, but if it's individual reward, you got to pick people not worth it just get picked or don't get picked um but not worth it immunity i would unless there's grilled cheese in which case i will give it my all (laughs) you and your grilled cheese um in regards to immunity challenges i think i would go for it only because i know that there are challenges that i wouldn't be good at like this one i would not be good at it i don't have good balance i have one ankle that's had quite a few injuries and is not that strong and i would easily if i was balancing the way Shan was at the end on one foot. I know she fell off anyways, but I would have fallen off faster than Shan uh, based on one of my ankles, um, not being in good condition. So um, would not do that, but we'll edit that part out so that when they do bring you on into the interview process, like the screen, they can go through the, the medical exam. No, let no, them like, go through the no. archives. It'll get more view or more listens on our podcast. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, so then we move into pre-tribal right after the challenge. Ricard's come back with immunity. He's in not in charge, but he's in control here. And Shan wants to vote Erica, not tell Xander anything at all. And then we get a cool, we've all been waiting for this moment. Ricard, okay, this is the night I got to vote out Shan. Mm-hmm. The person who we were just talking and laughing and, and teary-eyed, talking about how well we've, come through together but yet haven't planned on working the whole time together and we know the season's been building up to this we know that at some point someone's got to make a move here and then it starts to starts to break loose and ricard wants danny and deshaun he lies to them to get them on his side and ricard builds up his army to vote out um vote out shan yeah. Kel, did you agree that this was the this is the right time for Ricard to make that decision? For Ricard to make that decision, yeah. uh, I mean, in the moment, I would have said no, but just seeing the end of Tribal, where Shan is giving him props and you know holding his hand and saying you know it's okay, I I think those are all great indicators that it you know 
Shan being on the island or sorry on the jury is is good for Shan. That being said, I do feel that Shan was very much aware of what she was doing and you know that she was giving up props. Like she is obviously a smart, brilliant player. And so I think she does know that this does put a target on on his back in in a way. So mm-hmm. so going into it, I would have said no, but just seeing the result, yes, I I, I do think those well, this was a good move for Ricard. And I mean, I think in the back of his head, he knows that uh, he's not in her final four with with this uh, 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 Deshaun Danny. Um, Liana Alliance. So that that does move him one spot closer, plus with the Sanders still in the game, plus with this duo of Eric and Heather still in the game, right? Like, who's going to be looking at Ricard now at the final seven? So, so yes. Yeah. Another play, or at least conversation, that I think didn't get a lot of attention, but was huge, was when Erica goes, hold up a second, if Shan gets any word of this and plays an idol... I'm the other name out there and creates the whole plan for three votes on Shan, three votes on Leanna so that Erica herself is safe. And that was part of the episode where I went, Oh, right. Everyone's got to play for themselves here. Cause as much as there's a whole group that wants to get Shan out, Erica's going sitting there. I'm the sitting duck. If, if Shan does something spectacular, I'm the one who's sitting here and is going out and you have to create multiple like plan within a plan to get someone out. And, and Erica gets shown as the one who makes the three, the, the split vote plan so that yeah, she good can, on her for that. Eh? I thought it's, when it's she's a really good move. Yeah. I mean, when she goes to talk to Danny at first, I'm like, Oh, Erica, don't do that. Like you're going to, you're going to blow it or something's going to get back to Shan, but you're right. Seeing how, how the episode plays out. And, and again, for her game and for her name, to make a move like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for Erica. I'm team Erica for sure from Toronto, just like how she's that little lamb and becoming the lion. And I mean, I don't think she's going to win, but I love, I love seeing how she plays. So good on her to make, make a, a big decision like that to go and talk to Danny. Yeah. Someone she knows that easily could go back to Shan and say, Hey, I'm, know, I'm is- surprised that the editors did not have any clip of, Erica and Shan coming together and saying like, Hey, we're two of some of the first Canadians to play this game. Like how cool is that? Right. We, we got in the contract. They're not allowed to promote Canada. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and my second question is, so I know you said that you don't think Erica's going to win this game, but I mean, we, we have received a few glowing episodes of Erica, you know, the first being of course, where she makes the obvious decision to, you know, not put herself in danger uh, and smash the hourglass. Um, and then, of course, now where she's getting strategic uh, props for uh, getting Leanna's name instead of hers, and of course, getting helping get Shan out of the game. So while I think Erica does have, you know, a long dark road ahead of her, the show has been flagging, flagging her up in some positive ways. And so, like, what would be the winning game for for someone like Erica, and I think this possibly could be part of it, right? I, I mean, I don't think she's going to win, but she's been getting some pretty positive content. We've heard a lot from that original, what is it, original Luvu tribe. They have been fearful, not fearful of Erica, but they have been weary of Erica for the whole game. Basically, she was their target early on because they thought she, although she's a little bit quiet, seems to be a little bit more soft spoken than others 
they're just thinking she's sitting there strategizing. She's got an idea and she's, she seems to be very, very likable as well. Um, which plays, which plays into that. Uh, the other thing, there's a funny moment from Danny where he looks at Deshaun and goes, bro, do you think we're getting played by Erica and Heather right now? Like, is it actually one of us that's going out? Um, in a, in a fun little moment of not any disrespect to Erica and Heather, but Danny and Deshaun are in a very controlling spot right now. And, to Erica and Heather don't appear to be. And they're just going, are we getting played by these two in this moment? They weren't. Um, thank goodness for them. But uh, yeah, that's the paranoia of the game. Like the paranoia oh. is so real that like it even touches people like Danny and Deshaun who appear to be in the power seats. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. And th this actually presents something interesting. Obviously, we're, we know Shan has been voted out and we'll talk more about that. But just makes me think going forward of some of the pairings. So we have... Danny and Deshaun are a lock for sure. I mean, they're whatever one decides if, if one's not on board, the other will do. Um, so they're together. Erica and Heather are together. And then you're going to have Xander, Ricard and Leanna. Leanna might be in with Danny and Deshaun still, but I think it's a little bit more on the out. So really interesting to see what's going to play, you know, go forward. And, and my point is too, with Erica and Heather, you know, will they become quite influential in this next vote as a block? Right. Well, We'll see what happens there, with them. But with everyone that gets eliminated, your vote gets more powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like Erica. We, She's cool. I like Erica too. Oh, I like Erica too. So such a great energy about her. We need to get she does that's well said. A good energy. We we really want to find out how to get in touch with her, like in this because she's I don't know if she lives in Toronto still or she's like I think she's from Niagara or she lives in Niagara Falls at this point. Okay. So if you follow her on Twitter, the uh the mayor of Niagara gave her like a key to the city or something or I'm not exactly nice. sure. Amazing. Amazing. Very okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah, more to come on that. If anyone knows how to get in touch with Erica, let us know. Twitter. Tweet at her. I will tweet at her. Yes. We'll, um, we'll tweet at her. We'll get her. We'll get her on the, on an episode here. And Andrew, thanks for the follow Jordan. I'm still waiting for yours. Did I, what? <laughs> you have not followed me yet. We're going to take a washroom break as Jordan can go and follow Kel on social media. Da, 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 da. What's what's Shan's little humming song again? Oh, that was so good when uh, she's humming and Heather's like, "What is that?" She's like, "Oh, I'm just singing." <laughs> yeah, and we know from past episodes she does that almost subconsciously uh, when she's processing something serious, right? Like an actual mm. major move. So just interesting that that comes out. Interesting too. While Jordan goes on Twitter, that they don't show anything at the pizza under the stars any conversation between Xander and Shan, right? Or, or Ricard there. Just interesting that that doesn't come out. Or Heather and anyone. Or, or Heather. Heather. Yeah. You know, yeah, just on fixed, a side note, with we have fixed I do the not like how... Controversy. Sorry, <laughs> it's been fixed. It. I, I think it's so awful for, you know, someone to go through the casting experience and, you know, all the months leading up to the game and, you know, to just have like little to no content, like poor Heather and her family just every week after week, you know, and she knows she goes deep into the game and there's just nothing. Like how awful is that? You know, it's like the survivor. Like, why do you got to do Heather dirty like that? Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's on her though. I mean, we've been in real life. I would never be mean to her. She's, that's mm. not who I am. And I don't think any of us are here to tear her down, but it's true. When you get out there and you don't do anything of any substance, then it's not that 
enjoyable, you know, and she I, did have a cool moment last week. I, I yeah. acknowledge that that was the first time I felt something for her. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder uh, just boy. what's, what's the reason why she's not getting airtime. Well, we call her the Kel of survival, uh, you know. Uh, survivor. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse <laughs> you. But, but actually, though, what's the, what's the Heather has actually made it further than I did in either of my runs on Especially, survival. yeah. So, um, but what's the reason why she's not getting airtime? Does she is she not actually that good in confessionals? Are her confessionals not um, not strong? Does she not like the cameras being around? Is she trying to try strategize with someone, or is she just not doing anything out there? You know what? There's a secret scene of her um, where she went back when Sydney was in the game, and she said she she had a a dream where Sydney stole her torch, and uh, then there's a confessional of her saying that she she only said this so people will start looking at Sydney in a particular way. Ultimately, you know, it leads to nowhere, but you know, it did show that she is trying to do stuff in this game. So, so I, I, I wish I knew what the answer was for why we're getting such little, little Heather content, but the survivor editors have decided that she, she's not an interesting person. Or maybe that she is Sia, as John Wani said a few episodes ago, the great, the great conspiracy that she's actually she's, hiding and waiting. And then like the last stretch, she's just going to take them all out. I'd, I'll, you know what? I'd love to see that in the season, but I highly doubt Sorry, Sorry, yeah. John Wani. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's too it's too bad to see. Like, uh, I I don't think she should be ashamed of herself. Like, it's not like people are gonna say like you're an idiot. You know how could you do that? But she just it's just kind of bland, right? She just she should be proud of herself for what she's accomplished for going there. Like Alex said this last week. I li- I re-listened to this uh, our podcast, and he said, you know, I would be proud just to say I touched the sand, just to go there and accomplish that and to push myself just to get there and be on the show. I mean, that is, that's, that's awesome. Like I, I actually agree with that. And if, and I think you can leave um, proud of yourself for even just pushing yourself to apply and follow through the application process for something that would just be so unlike anything else anyone would ever do in any other context. So she's not going to go home being, you know, like having nightmares about it. Cause she's, I think that's just who she is and she's not, She's not a winner, but she's, you know, she's doing the best she can. So Heather is the Alex of the season. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> no, no, that, that is not true. That is not true. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Alex. You just lost the follower on social I know. media now. I yes. Yeah, let's go back to Twitter yes, here. That's right. Um, speaking of people who did not get a lot of play in this episode, Xander um, is asked right away by Jeff in Tribal, what's happening and xander's response is you've asked you've asked the wrong person i i have no idea and uh i feel like that's a a lie because he's in on the plan for the split vote um but oh that's true yeah yeah so he he does know what the this is an interesting tribal because it's a lot of things that i would be thinking or saying i think um going into it in terms of people saying someone says we're all, all of us come in. I think it's Shannon who says this. All of us come in. We've got a plan. Someone's going to be wrong tonight. Um, and we just, that person just doesn't know who it's going to be. Uh, who's going to be wrong. Maybe it's Leanna that says that. Yeah, Leanna said um, that. Leanna said that. Yeah. And it's, it's so true with these types of tribals. Um, even speaking to survivor at home experience, you go in, you think you know what the plan is. 
and you think you know where everyone's going to vote, but at the end of the day, there's that voice in the back of your mind going, something could happen here. Someone, something could go rogue, an idol pops out or whatever it is, or, or people just have a plan in the background and haven't, haven't leaked on anything, haven't told you anything. And, um, and you don't know what's going on, but someone, someone's going to be wrong or more than someone in this case were wrong, even though only one person gets voted out, two people didn't know what was going on. And it makes it a tough, uh, it makes it such an interesting tribal council is always so interesting because you don't know what's going to happen until people write down a name. And in this age of survivor, everyone thinks they're somewhat safe or that their plan is going forward. Gone are the days where someone knows they're going to get voted out and gets voted out. Um, That was proven last week when Heather was told she was getting voted out and then didn't receive any votes against her (laughs) um, at all. Right. Um, I want to see her. Let's survivor 101 do not tell someone that you're going to be voting oh. for them. Um, couldn't believe that that happened yeah, as soon as I that know. happened i was like I oh they gotta vote them out so mm-hmm. i want to ask you guys i mean Kelly, you talked about paranoia and how that's always at play that definitely is always a factor because i always wonder when you are at a tribal there's i mean there's just the vibes of like it's the vibes have been this way with these people. And suddenly there's a different vibe, right? And you hear people say that sometimes just the way on, on an extreme level, sometimes people will say, well, they were talking to me every other vote and this vote, they didn't talk to me. So I'm pretty sure my name's on the block. I'm thinking of Shan here. Like how could she not know her name? Right. But so they must've talked to her. There must've been a lot of conversations ongoing, but specifically with your close Alliance member, Jordan, now I'm thinking of you and Vicky even, right? Like, how do you not know that that might come? And it's just interesting, the psychology, like, do you, do you underplay it and be like, no, no, you're fine. Like, don't worry. Cause that's kind of obvious. Or do you kind of get a little jittery and make a lot of comment, nervous comments and that might tip someone off. But I thought it was interesting what Ricard said out loud. He kind of acknowledged again, what had come up a few times in their conversations, this episode of, Hey, Jeff, we have never said we're in the final two. Um, and that we're here to battle it out. It, that almost the way I think that throwing that phrase out there was a perfect fit for keeping the cover. And I don't think Shan caught on to any of it. But I just wanted to ask you guys about that. You know, how would you play that scenario where you are about to truly blindside someone, and and yet you're afraid? Like, have have I had a tell? Like in poker, right? Have they have they picked up on something? You would definitely be over overthinking every part of the move. Um, from my, I think that's how knowing myself. I think that's how that would play out. Is you just be th- overthinking every part of your move. Where you said it right. Am I over speaking? Am I not saying enough? Do I need to reassure them? Like you brought up the example of. Um, which I think is going to come up every week now, but blindsiding Vicky in, in Survivor at Home Season 2. And I specific, specifically remember being asked, are we we good? Like, we're, we're okay? And I just went, yep, we're fine. We're good. We're ready to go. Um, knowing full well that that was away from the truth uh, in that moment. Um, it's called a lie, Jordan. A it's called dirty, a lie. Dirty lie. It was, it was tough. Uh, I'm still sorry about that, even though I ended up winning based and on well, that. Uh, here's, here's what I will say. I think it was a well-timed blind.
blindside because Vicky went into the uh, jury and she was very pro-Jordan despite, I guess, what happened. And so I actually didn't know that you guys knew each other at the time. And so I, I was listening to Vicky and thought, you know what, she's making a lot of really good points here. And I really like what she has to say about Jordan. And I don't know how much it swayed me one way or the other, but, you know, it did sort of um, help me see your game in a new light. On the flip side of that, um, Natalie Buck, that's, yeah. So she was pounding the Katie drum very early on in the jury. And so I, you know, I think when you're, when uh, you hear that for a long part of the jury, I think it actually had the reverse effect of just like, I don't know, like, you know what, you keep saying this and I, it might be true, but maybe it's not. And so I don't want to say that, you know, maybe hurt Katie's chances, but I, you know, there was maybe just maybe not the best effect. So it's, it's just really interesting to see now that Ricard's going to be in the jury, or sorry, Shan is going to be in the jury. How, how is it going to be for the jurors to hear his perspective on Shan in the game and for her to be at this point, like early-ish jury. So that is, that is one thing that I, of course, we won't be privy to a lot of these conversations, but the talks that go on back in the jury and who you have either promoting you and how they're promoting you, I think also bears a lot of mm. weight for, for who you vote for ultimately in the game. We have never had strategy on the jury discussions before, but that's actually a very interesting take that that comes into play again. I wish and why you, wouldn't it? The jury for season three, oh, that needed to be recorded. That There was some that great was, moments in there. I mean, we, we <laughs> broke that down when, when Rochelle was on a bit because the, the climax of that jury was when Rochelle joined the jury uh, in that season. But that that jury was interesting. It was fun. It was hostile at moments as well. Um, there was, uh, yeah, that jury was interesting because I have no perception really of what it was like on that jury in, in season two, not only having obviously been at the end of season two uh, in the game, but also just not chatting about people really on what the jury was like versus what it was like in the game, but having been on the season three jury and um, and hearing everyone's different perspective, it's so interesting how things go um, go on. I think it's really important for the finalists to know that the jury are all but hurt and they wish that they were there in the end, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're of course picking apart everyone's games and we're you know laying in our perspectives and you're going for bat for the people that you want to win. So I think you know for the people who make it to the end, like good job you like we wish we were all there in your place you know so take take what the jury thinks with a grain of salt but uh but you know the game does continue in the jury being that you're really stumping for someone to win and more strategy talk and how you're breaking down the game and how you're looking at the game does i yeah the, the game carries on in, in its own way for sure mm. and again that speaks to the value then of the final pitch as well and i think that I always have a sense that at the end on Survivor, as we watch it on TV, that there's still something not quite there. I feel like they're not at a hundred percent right of what it could be. I don't know what it is, but I feel like sometimes they don't quite articulate it or explain it in the way. And maybe it's because they, they can't get it all in the edit, but um, I always just wonder, you know, have they given enough time and the right kind of questions and framework for a true understanding of why someone should be the winner um and i don't know i just even having hosted these events i'm I'm always just curious of like was that 
done the right way? Should we have given more time? We actually will be changing that for this season, giving a, a few minutes before the final jury for the three people just to, to pause, like go use the washroom, get another drink, do whatever you gotta do, do some yoga, like, um, and think about what you're going to say, as opposed to just yeah. be thrown into the fire. Cause as to my earlier conversation, some people are quick on their toes and some people just their personality, they do need some time just to gather their thoughts and there should be fair time for them. So don't really know where I'm going with that, except to say no, I'm, I, I'm I fascinated think- by the jury dynamics as well. I agree. And I think giving giving the jury or the finalists more time to prep. And I, I'm glad that, you know, when you talked to Lynette, that you kind of, you know, let her have it a bit just because she was so gentle and so kind. I'm like, Lynette, you're, ah, you know, own your game, you know. So and she and she did. But she also gave credit to her to her uh, co-finalists. And way uh, too much credit. She, I would never yeah, do that. Yeah, I, I was just sitting yeah. like, kind of shaking my head like, come on, you know, but. But yeah, that's just who Lynette is. Yeah, it is. And it and then she did well. So kudos to her. It's uh, interesting to think about like how would votes change based on how people articulate what they did in the game. Like that that season three jury on Lynette, I think, could be swayed in almost any direction. Um, in that from that final um from that final three. And yeah, do how well how much do jury votes get swayed based on what the people say, like what even look at myself what could i have said differently um what did i say well um how did that affect what the jury kind of thought and how did that gain votes or lose votes based on that and Mm -hmm. uh yeah the jury it having a couple of even a couple of minutes just to re go through your game and put your thoughts together because i think the one thing that i wish i had been able to do in that situation is to go back through and go what votes did I not control, but what votes did I lead in or really affect? And what votes did I just hold on to my seat and go, I just got to get through this right now so that I can be in the game moving forward and, and, and start to pick out kind of how, how my game worked out. And, uh, yeah. And and I think, you know, to bring it back to the show, I think both, uh, Shan and Deshaun did a terrible job a few episodes ago. I think, like no survivor winner can have sort of the, the Boston Rob sort of treatment. In some ways, you got to just let the vote go where it's going to go. And you see Deshaun and you see Shan both wanting to have their own ways. And, you know, Deshaun eventually just, you know, stomps off and, you know, crosses his arms, sits on the beach and I'm not being heard. And it's like, it's okay to not being heard in a survivor, especially when you're in the majority alliance in some ways. You know, you just got to let let a vote go whatever way it's going to go and let it let it go that way, you know, and ultimately, of course, it's hurt Shan for playing so playing the way she did, but it's it's okay to let votes go that way. <laughs> you know, you, you can't be the leader in every vote. Mm-hmm. So as this vote goes, they all go up to the podium and the three three tie comes that we see Erica's name pop up twice first the most predictable thing of this entire episode was Erica's name being the first two votes and then not being read again um three three tie between Leanna and Shan and everybody except for Leanna I think knows exactly where the votes are landing Shan knows where they're landing everyone in the game knows where they're landing the music the background music knows where the votes are landing as well um, and it just becomes about a 45 second, we'll call, I'll call it a montage of Shan's going home. We all know this is happening. We're going to finalize this now. 
people have liked Shan. People on this podcast in our Survivor at Home community have also not liked Shan, um, but she has been truly entertaining on this season. Fun character. We've seen a lot of growth or at least self-reflection from Shan um, this entire season. And she gets her moment of like going out in a little bit of legendary fashion mm-hmm. on a revote. Everyone knows it's happening. Nothing that you can do about it. Um, she gets voted out here. And it's it, for those of us who were fans of Shan moving through the season, it's a little bit of a sad moment. Someone who you realized a couple of episodes ago wasn't winning this season because it was going to be too hard for her to get to the end, but she was a lot of fun. And, uh, and we don't get to see, yeah, to get to hear the Shantham every, every episode and, and to see her. And it was just a little bit of a um, retiring her character. They have the moment where Ricard and Shan kind of hold hands. I think we, we alluded to it earlier, but they hold hands and Shan knows that Ricard's voted her out mm-hmm. and made this move. And yet, um, she respects it. She understands it. And frankly, we knew that one of the, they knew one of the two of them was going to go deep and the other one wasn't. And Ricard broke first. Um, and yeah, Shan goes out. It was just, I thought that was a really cool moment. I want to hear her kind of breaking down that, uh, that moment. Um, and then also verbally, I didn't love the verbally saying her vote is for Ricard. No, it's never so that good. Put, that's an emotional. And that, that's, that's an emotional. Either- either an emotional response or also kind of like, Hey, you know, watch out for this guy, you know, everyone take notes, yeah. you know? And I think it's, I think it has a dual purpose. So. I was wondering, I was wondering about that. Is that really strategic of, I don't actually want him to win, but I'm going to tell you that you better get rid of him uh, <laughs> in this moment. Yeah. Um, I was wondering about that too. Mm-hmm. So Ricard. Ricard does it, knocks out Shan, and she just gets that little retiring moment. Yeah, it was um, like a, when a cool. royal member of royalty dies. You know, there's a just a, yeah. a bigger funeral for them. That's she certainly it's, got the the treatment yeah. there in the episode. It's not often in Survivor where they kind of put a celebration or reflection around the person who gets voted out. Um, in terms of legendary status. To a degree, Sandra got it as the queen um, headed out from Winners at War. Sari got it in one of my favorite votes ever in Survivor Game Changers, where she got voted out because there was no one else to vote favorite. out. Everyone, that, it, that was brutal. <laughs> that was not the way. No, no, no. The way she got voted out was brutal, but the way they treated her mm. on the way out, in terms of um, every, there was a couple of little, Jeff gave a little speech. Everyone gave her a standing ovation as she's a legend going out in legendary style. Absolutely. Um, and survivors celebrating it. It was, it was a brutal way to go out, but it was a really cool moment, um, in celebrating her on the way out. And I would love to see like a montage a of, of, of some of those. I mean, it's hard, I guess, when you don't have the context of the F of the season itself, but a montage of those players, what that when they go out, you feel something as a fan. It's like when a big character dies in a movie. It's like they just you they were really, really likable. This is different. Like you don't want to compare people, but I think of when Christian went out a few seasons ago. He was just, I mean, was there ever a player like Christian? Just absolutely lovable, hilarious, quirky, good at the game, like pushing himself socially with um Han- was it Hannah, I think, uh, with him. Yep. Um, just awesome. And then you're like, okay, his time has come. And there's like a yeah, there's like a sad to see him go. And by the way, I've said this before, if you don't follow Christian on Twitter, 
He's awesome. A few of them, Ricard also awesome with his mums. Gabby, Gabby, or I don't think there's a, a hand on that. Oh, oh I'm yes, sorry. It was Gabby. Gabby. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, yes. Mixing them up. Yeah. It's Gabby um, as well. So just, uh, just those great characters that, that you just come to love. And that's what the show does, right? It's, it's yeah. really draws. And I think like, Shan definitely drove the story for the pre-merge. Of course, they went to tribal four times, but I mean, it's funny to hear people criticize Shan, especially on this podcast, because that whole tribe loved Shan. They all thought she was their number one, you know? So what that tells me, if any of us were with her, we'd probably be drinking the Shan Kool-Aid as well, right? Absolutely. So, but that's what people were saying is like, she is uh, from the outside looking in, you can mm-hmm. see the manipulation happening and, yeah. the, uh, and the unwillingness to and hear people's this opinions but go here's ahead my response to that is i think what was so brilliant about how shan was portrayed is she drove the strategy and she also told us why and how she was doing it and she also compared it to her real life and you don't see that a lot from characters on survivor and i think there is a touch of ugh, you know like you actually know what you're doing and there's intention behind this it's like yeah because she's in a game for a million dollars you know she's really putting it all out there and she gave it to the editors and I, yeah, I celebrate that. I, I think that's that's amazing gameplay and it's an amazing character on Survivor. So I'm excited for the time when Shan comes back because, uh, you know, I think first off, great casting this whole season. But I mm-hmm. think Shan is is the standout person of this of the season. Will she get the C award? I don't know, but huge huge character for sure. Yeah, the biggest thing for me is she drove, like you said, she drove the story. She narrated a lot of. A lot of the show, not even just pre-merge, narrated a lot of the show even since then up until getting voted out um, tonight. The other thing, another idol gone without being played. So those three idols that came in early together, uh, Shan had to lose her vote for a little bit. Xander had to lose his vote for a little bit. Um, Nasir somehow scrambled through whatever the line was they had to say about, I think, a goat on AstroTurf. Yeah. Uh, he scrambled through that and got through it. And two of those three idols are now out of the game without being played mm-hmm. um, and saving anyone. And there's just one left, which is the most public idol in the Ever. history of Survivor, probably. Yes. Uh, it's the most public idol. And yet it's still there and Xander still got it. Um, but yeah, sad to see Shan go because she just sparked, she sparked up at the end of the day, she sparked up so much conversation. And that's a ton about what uh, Survivor um, is about. Mm-hmm. Cal. Well, sorry, let me just say oh. uh, so we'll put in, if you listen to this on Spotify or wherever you listen to it, but you can go into Spotify on the episode, we'll put a little poll in there. Are you sad? Are you mourning that Shan is gone? Or are you rejoicing in the streets? I know London Steve has already pre checked his box by mail in ballot. Um, for Shan being voted out. But lo- we'd love for you guys all listening to contribute to that poll as well and to interact with us. See, but with something like that, it's sad to see, I don't know if sad to see Shan go is the right question, but disappointed. And the reason why I say that is because whether you enjoy watching Shan or want her out, it's a reason to watch again. It's kind of like, to bring it to a sports reference, the New England Patriots a couple of years ago played a playoff game against Jacksonville. And, and I was talking with someone and talking about how you cheer against the New England Patriots for 59 minutes of the game, but then when the 60th minutes hit, 
you want them to win so that you can cheer against them next week because you don't care that Jacksonville is moving on. Hmm. Right. And it's kind of the, I feel like it's a similar thing here for those who aren't fans of Shan. You don't want, I might be completely wrong and I might get blasted by London Steve on a phone call this week. We'll see. But um, you don't want Shan, truly don't want Shan to be voted out because you want to be able to watch her again next week and have the game go against her. Maybe she gets voted out next week. Hmm um that's and well she said. still brings entertainment yeah so i'll take it back so what what i'll do instead of the poll is i'll add you can actually have a little comment section on the spotify chat there uh related to just how are you feeling about shan and people can actually answer with their own words uh as well and of course you guys if you don't know listening at home you can go to survivoratthome.com go to the podcast page and there's a comment form bar there you can also fill out questions or things and we'd be happy to read out questions or ideas as well on this podcast so you can fill that out as well absolutely so cal we have a couple of questions for you here first is are you willing or will you play survivor at home again well andrew has to apologize for calling me the heather of the season (laughs) i regret nothing (laughs) okay uh text me the day of and i'll let you know um no uh i you know i've been hearing the podcast i've been so excited to you know listen to the guests uh hearing you guys every week has been really fun Mm -hmm. uh i think the fomo would be hard to deal with uh that being said you know i've really been outed as a huge survivor fan and i've laid out why i love this show so much um but let me just say that anyone can win this game. You look at the first four winners, they're all minorities in some way, right? The first man was a gay man. The first person was a woman in her 40s. Uh, the se- next person was oh, a Jewish man. And then the fourth person was a black woman. Like anyone can win this game. Even I think last week's guest, Alex Street, probably can win this game at a, some point. Come on, right? Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheering for you, Alex. Um, but the point is, I love this game so much and I'd be hard pressed to not play season four. Um, so there's probably like a 98% chance. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Pass list is coming together as we speak. Very cool. Well, let me just say another plug then for that. And before I turn it over to you, Kel and Jordan, I know you had some questions there, but uh, survivor at home season four, January 21st and 22nd. It's a Friday and Saturday night. It's 7 PM till two ish in the morning probably 2 30 it is the most fun you'll have in your life probably and that's that's toronto time right this so is toronto time yes cal in season two not a word of a lie text me minutes before and he's like so we'll see you in an hour <laughs> i was like oh good one and i get one you're pulling my leg and then no, i was lying in my bed and i were- ran quickly down to the laptop opened it up and clicked the zoom link because i thought we were the other direction an hour ahead right yes behind. an hour behind yeah, yeah i know what you mean behind. yes yeah yeah so yeah, this yeah. is yes this is toronto time but uh would love for people to apply the deadline for applications is december 21st get in that christmas spirit consider it go to the website survivoratthome.com uh, we do have applications already uh, filing in, but we're looking for more. Um, and specifically, we're looking for more uh, girls to sign up. So far, 
that's uh, not been a big representation of uh, girls applying. So that's wild, uh, Andrew. I yes. have so many women willing to play in my game, and it's like, where are all the men who want to play this? So I'm, I have quite okay. the opposite. Well, we'll swap some uh, uh, listeners for sure. But that uh, being said, if any uh, Central to Western people are playing, they might not be connected to me, right? So uh, don't connect them to me, any future players of the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of your game, Kel, when is your next season? So I have about two, three seasons worth of footage that I, I want to edit something together and put it on my Instagram. It is a long-term goal of mine to, to do that. I have, you know, seasons, yeah, I guess two, three, and four. I don't know. But I am also looking for the first quarter in, in 2022. Because as we know, as uh, I believe it was London Steve posted in the, the Facebook group, survivor doesn't come back until like mid-march which is crazy far away mm -hmm. right so what are all us survivor fanatics going to do in the meantime maybe play survivor play, at home, Kel's play, play survivor at home <laughs> play Kel's survivor yeah cool so okay so you're looking a, oh first quarter first quarter 2021 yeah how about how does someone get more information or even possibly apply? Uh, well, I mean, I don't have any fancy uh, address, uh, web, web page like Andrew does, uh, but please follow me on Instagram, uh, ksherman86. Uh, I'm friends with Jordan, Andrew, other people. Um, so you can find me, find me on, there, on those pages as well. Uh, but yeah, just reach out to me. I've really said no to, to no one at this point. I mean, Andrew knows that casting these things is the hardest part. But once mm -hmm. people are in, guaranteed you're going to have a good time and you're going to make some good friends along the mm -hmm. way. So Absolutely. It, it's really yeah. And if anyone is listening and interested in playing in Kel's season or just even finding more information, if you can't find him on social media, just again, send us, uh, fill out the contact form on the Survivor Home website. Say, put me in touch with this legendary Survivor fan, Kel, and uh, we, will, we will pass along your information to him. Mm -hmm. I think whether it's my game or your game, um, if you're a fan of the show, playing in one of these online versions it gives you just such a deeper appreciation for what you see on the tv it's easy to you know be a uh friday more a thursday morning critic and just be oh they should have done this they should have done that but when you're right there in the moment and you know doing your online survivor fantasy and you know playing in these games it, it just puts it, the show in such good perspective so please please play one of these if you're a fan so worth it awesome Anything else, Kel, that you wanted to say as we uh, look to um, wrap up here today? Um, yeah, I would just want to. I just want to flag up really quick that um, uh, last year, uh, several Black Survivor castaways, um, you know, after the uh, the George Floyd uh, rise, they really uh, came together and presented to CBS that there needs to be a change in casting. There needs to be a change in uh, the producers on the beach, uh, people who are, who are editing the show. Uh, because we, what we do see is just a lot of, you know, white men who are putting the, putting the narrative, uh, the show together. Um, and we're just seeing very negative stereotypes. And so, of course, with the, you know, Black Lives Matter movement that happened last year, uh, CBS did make a statement saying that they will uh, have 50% or more uh, Black, Indigenous, and people of color being represented on their shows, including uh, Survivor, Big Brother, Amazing Race. Um, and I really got to say that they really knocked it out of the park with this casting. You know, this whole cast from top to bottom is, of course, one of the most diverse that we've ever seen. 
and it's been a very fascinating season. So I know we, we've talked a bit about diversity on this, this, this podcast, but I, I just really want to flag up the work that the, you know, all the way from season one, Ramona to uh, Jatia Hart, who really got the, uh, from Kagan, uh, the, the, the movement going, um, they really, really did a, you know, really did a good job in putting everything together and, you know, presenting this to CBS. And here we got this, this amazing season. Um, so I just wanted to flag it up. Uh, second thing that I wanted to note, uh, that twist where Sydney gets out of the game uh, with the uh, smashing the hourglass, terrible. I hated that so much. Uh, I thought that was cruel <laughs> and unusual. And, you know, to, to win a challenge and then have it reversed and then to go to tribal, that was brutal. Like that was, that was sad. So I, you know, Sydney wasn't my favorite, but to go that way was terrible. So <laughs> I just wanted to get my perspective out there on that. So, and on that note, I think that's a good spot to uh, rest the podcast. Kel, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I wish you best of luck in uh, your survivor game that you're going to be running. It look, I see it on Instagram, uh, quite often. It looks like a lot of fun. These fun Instagram story challenges, everyone find the idol in this picture. I, I, I sent you probably 17 guesses, none of which were right. It was only a picture that fits on an Instagram story. It wasn't huge. And 17 you're following the and- fake Cal Sherman account. That's why. <laughs> oh, there it is. No, I, oh yeah. For the record, I have been following Kel on Instagram for quite a while. Yes. As opposed to Twitter, apparently, as which I got called Twitter. out for today, but it's fine. I'm not hurt about it. It's okay. Anyways, um, thank you very much for listening to Survivor at Home, the podcast where we get to break down Survivor 41 online, uh, on TV, as well as chat about our experiences in Survivor at Home, uh, where we've had a ton of fun. My name is Jordan here alongside. Andrew, and you can catch us on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. We will catch you next week.